Welcome to Banana Split, a podcast with a white guy and an Asian guy from Western Sydney talking about yada, yada, yada. Welcome. Hello. So, uh, this is our first episode. I, first of all, want to introduce uh, the panel of two. We've got Patrick, who is an all-round nerd. He's a very strong man. He drives... Strong? I don't know about that anymore, but I'll take the nerd. Yes. Yeah. So, first of all, Patrick, can you please uh, introduce yourself? All right. Yep. As you said, my name's Patrick. I've been um, a bit of a long-time geek, uh, and I've been listening to... My reason for doing this, I already talked about this with Vin and managed to convince him to turn up at his own house, or more like managed to convince me him to let me invade his bedroom and lean on his ironing board with this wonderful electronic stuff that he has and uh, make this magic happen. Because I've been, my new job, well, I've been known for eight months now, so I guess it's not new anymore, uh, is driving a truck and uh, spent a lot of time on the road and I got sick of listening to the radio because, you know, they tend to repeat stuff. So I'm like, what else can I, podcasts are a thing. That's something people do. Who do I like? Kevin Smith has one because I remember going to one of his Q&As in Sydney a couple of years ago and he mentioned, uh, oh, I've got this thing called Smodcast and I was like, oh, I should really check that out one day. And that was almost 10 years ago. So I'm finally out. All right, I got it. 2007 was the first um, time he did a podcast. Um, and it's now 2017. And I finally started listening to his stuff. And I'm like, fuck, this is amazing. I'm, I'm hooked. So eventually inspired me to drag Vin in and we'll, we'll start doing this and do it for fun. We're not doing it for fame. We're doing it just to put our words on tape yeah so hopefully we can put this in a time capsule and just kind of uh digitize our memories so that one day when we're retired pensioners looking over the waterfalls of life 20 30 years from now we can sit there and roll our eyes and go oh my god yeah i can't believe how much time i was wasting i could have been out like creating amazing beautiful things i was still young and pretty and and now look he's just talking to a microphone in some guy's bedroom but hey um, so yeah, that's why I'm doing it, but who I am, um, like I said, I drive a truck now, but I've done a lot of things. Um, this is drive buses, so a lot of variety there. After that, it was trains and then I had a stint for a couple of years working in prisons, which was interesting, stressful, but, um, definitely had some interesting, uh, stories come out of that, but I don't know if it's something you could do for a long time without, while keeping your sanity. Um, though you, you could say that about driving on Sydney's roads as well. Um, yeah, but I'm my own boss now, so it's a bit more, uh, you know, like I finished today at lunchtime and, Finn, what are you doing? Let's do this, finally. So that's me. Um, I've always been a long-time nerd, as he said, so that's part of the reason. That's that's what we're going to focus on, is topics such as cosplay, video games, film, comics. Though I can't remember the last time I read a comic. I still buy them. Um, so that's something I need to sort of... Uh, pull up my socks with a bit but um and vin himself he works as uh what was it something to do with editing yeah so uh my job right now is i'm a i'm a videographer for uts in search so i work in marketing and we just do interviews we do uh event coverage and we edit for social media uh it's a pretty fun gig i get to work at home my underpants um i don't have an office I just go to UTS film and then I go home in my underpants and I edit. And it's not in me. his underpants right now though, thankfully. No. Although if you took down my pants, it will be Captain America underpants. Whoopee. Steve this Rogers. banana's getting split. It's not getting split by me. No, no. It's like all imagination. Um, Unless you ask yeah. really nicely. But, uh, you know, my, my, my nerd background is like I was a massive Star Wars fan, had them on the VHS tapes because I had, I had the privilege of having an older brother like he's actually like 10, 11 years older than me. And so he was into the nerdy stuff and he would introduce me to Transformers Generation 1, X-Men cartoons, Ghostbusters. Mm. And I think without him, I would not have gone into the, the nerd culture as hardcore because um, he was a collectible freak. He played the video games, he played Quake, Doom, Final Fantasy. And uh, I was there with him the entire from my entire childhood in the 90s. Uh, but it, it was fun. And now that evolution has gone to cosplay and like meeting with the fans. I don't know if I have any fans, <laughs> although my ego would say yes. Um, You've definitely got a, a following. You yeah. Said, like I managed to brush a lot of people the wrong way, 
but I don't think I've seen anyone pissed off at Ven. I don't think I've, with all the um, social media drama that happens out there, like, um, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen anyone have a bad word to say about this guy. He's like the most genuine, nicest, um, creative dude I know. So that's part of the reason why I'm Oh, Patrick, here. I am flattered by your comments. Well, I could say the same about you. you well, know? I don't know about that. You couldn't say that no one said a bad thing, but then I don't want to um, turn it into like, oh, people say bad things. I mean, that's just the nature of okay. the internet. So, and right. it's, um, you know. So, all right. So, that's the introductions out of the way. Well, let's get to events. So, uh, last week we had Supernova in Sydney. That's right. Happened. And then the weekend that just went, it was in Perth. Mm. Apparently, it was fun there. But yeah. Yeah. So, it was almost two weeks ago now because it's Thursday. And yeah, so last weekend was Perth. The weekend before that, which was I think the seventeenth and eighteenth of June, was Sydney Supernova, or as they uh, say in the trenches, Sydnova. Um, which I don't think I've ever heard anyone say out loud. It's just something that you see online. But yeah, no, that was a good time. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I was there, and um, very, very uh, intense, like. Friday was kind of chill, actually, but Saturday, Sunday, as always, was very busy and just it was all happening. Too much cosplay, almost. Mm. Like I go, that's I, I went to a cosplay. Uh, Supernova was the first one I ever went to because um, it was at Olympic Park, and that was in two thousand and I think thirteen with my son. And at that time, he was like five, maybe four or five, and uh, he just blew him away. And seeing it through his eyes, kind of, I think, um, really woke up the kid inside me like wow this is something you can do and just walking around that the only stuff you can really buy at a convention that you can put on straight away is uh the SWAT vests you can buy the toy guns you can buy me now Thor hammers are pretty popular and the, the swords so that's what I initially grabbed was like the fantasy armor this the military armor and just threw it on and it was like that was that easy so well, yeah. Now you got now you got a Fallout armor. Yeah, it's pretty I mean, epic. It's evolved a little with time, and you start going, okay. Well, it's I'm not one of those like milsim guys that turns into a super gun nerd and just has like. I mean, I've got a few now. I think I've got a bucket out the back of like more than thirty different sort of one of those plastic tidy. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but they're the most accurate sort of things you can buy mm. um, from like a markets, and they're, they're pretty close to real size. And they, a lot of people got in trouble, and that's a topic that we're going to hopefully cover. In that, um, it's made it's more recently with events in the real world that uh, it's made it a lot harder for anyone to cosplay with um, anything that looks vaguely realistic. So, um, but not just that; it was more like. You know, that was easy. You can just buy this, buy that, and you're walking around in it straight away. But um, my passion truly lay in, like, the characters that I played in video games or seen in comics and movies. So that was where I kind of ended up pushing it towards once I realized that, hey, I can actually spend a bit of money and, and have some guy make a costume or, or have someone help me. Because mm-hmm. um, I've never been that crafty myself. But um, Whereas Vin, he's the guy with the uh, the skills, so... Yes, Patrick, I am known for cardboard because it's cheap, it's free, and you can get it at Bunnings Warehouse. Nice. Lowest prices are just the beginning. It's all about that service. i, I got to be, you know, I'm not a shill for any corporations or other uh, financial you know, interests, but every time I've gone there, you know, you got to get the snags. And um, I still haven't figured out how to rewire my whippersnipper which is bad because I've worked with whippersnippers for a long time in various jobs. But the one I bought myself, finally, um, it's electric. And it's got this really weird head that you have to, like, I don't know how you'd say that. You've got these plastic cord that you have to um, thread through. And I'll just, it does my head in. So I just drive to Bunnings and get them to do it for me. So, yep. Good people. And that, I mean, that's another place. A lot of people go there, not just for cardboard, for cosplay, but, you know, foam and glue and, you know, power tools, all sorts of stuff. It's, Again, it's almost like the, the second mecca for cosplayers because mm. the first place is Spotlight that people go to. Yeah, or Linkraft. But, um, or Linkraft, yeah. I think Spotlight's quite good. Yeah. So, uh, Supernova Sydney, um, how did you enjoy that, Patrick? Did you? What were the highlights for you? 
Um, putting me on the spot there. Oh, I've got to come up with a highlight out of um, everything that happened. I mean, it's, it's hard to pick something unique about this year because after you've been for a few years, it always, always tends to be like the same things that you go back for. So it's um, the thing that really pops for me is seeing all the costumes, obviously. Um, but I've really started to get into more and more the Q&As with um, different celebrities or artists. So, you know, hearing the behind the scenes stuff like this year, the one I really sat down with and got the most out of, I thought was... And I really didn't see it coming, you know, was Biff from Back to the Future. I was so disappointed about uh, Doc Brown, or um, I knew his name yesterday, I was saying it. Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. Um, My man. I'm starstruck. So that, I was sort of, sort of bummed that he didn't make it, but and I was like, oh yeah, Biff, mm, okay, whatever, let's see. But man, he just rocked my world, like it was so funny and started, he had this amazing song about all sorts of usual questions he gets and... Um, you know, he managed to make fun of himself, make fun of the fans, make fun of the industry, um, and you know, without it being cruel, with it, we could all just laugh at ourselves and um, remember why we were there, and it was just a good time. So, and that was quite early on a Saturday, I believe, that he did that, and that so that really set the tone for the rest of the day. And I think the only one I made it back to to here was the Spider-Man director um, on the. Might have been the next day, um, and that was also pretty good. E- even though he was doing it on a screen from Spain at some ridiculous time in the morning, a Skype call. They, well, they yeah. kept mentioning it. Oh, it's really early in the morning. I'm sorry, and he keeps saying things like, "Sorry, I'm not quite awake yet." And eventually, um, the the MC was like, "So, Quinny, yeah. his name is, yeah, fun guy." But uh, he he was like, "So, what time is it there?" You know, I was expecting something like four or five in the morning, or eight o'clock. So, someone likes to sleep in. Or party. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, for me, I, I, that's, I'm halfway through my day at that point, but that's just... Um, yeah, I get that for most people. That 8 o'clock on a Sunday is pretty early. Yeah. Um, so, but it was good. He was really um, down yeah. to earth. and I'd, I had no idea who he was. I hadn't really followed his career, but um, seeing people line up and um, just pop in with all kinds of random questions and... You know, you never know what you're going to get. So that's the unpredictable nature. That's what I like. That's where things happen where you're not quite sure where it's going to go and it usually ends up somewhere good. Um, whereas everything else, like the, the stores tend to sell the same stuff. You know, there might be some new shiny thing that everyone wants every year, um, like a particular franchise that's doing well and you'll see more of that costume. Like for some reason this year, there was a lot of Supermans. Yeah. Whereas the last couple of years, it's all been all about Deadpool. Yeah. And I guess with... Um, Batman vs Superman and then uh, what's the Justice League coming out quite soon that's right that might have spurred it on mm. um, it was weird it was like five or six of them right so I'm not sure where, where that came from but um, now one of the big yeah. names uh, that came to Supernova um, was Thor himself Chris yeah, Hemsworth yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, that was like a huge announcement at Supernova God among men people went bananas and could mm. you tell me about the photo tokens has that spurred a lot of controversy even in uh, buzzfeed australia written an article about it about the uh, the token prices and people going uh, a bit uh, crazy about it made it into print media like i remember reading about it in the daily telegraph and the weekend edition and um their one sort of mitigating factor was like look a you know that's what they charge when they get celebrities like him in america and b he didn't know how much they were charging at he doesn't handle that. Supernova doesn't handle that. It's some intermediary, really. He's, everyone kept kind of shifting the blame to like his agent or someone else. But basically, he's a good guy, um, and he just donated a hundred grand to some kind of uh, child charity, children's disabled kid organization. So you know, yay him. Um, you can't be mad at him. Can't really be mad at Supernova if they're not the ones setting the prices. Um, but it is a bit of an unfortunate situation when you've got so many people that want to meet him but just can't afford it. But, you know, on the other hand, that's market economics and, hey, yeah. if people are willing to pay it, which clearly they were, the line was long, um, then why not charge it, you know? And, and, and the line Jesus. for the panel itself was even longer. Their line clearly was outside and there was herds, basically, 
Um, I was fortunate to not attend his panel. In fact, my bay was Stephen Yun of oh, yeah, Glenn yeah. fame from Walking Dead. I think he was the second biggest name. Yeah. And, uh, I would have loved to have seen his q and I did miss that. Um, well, he had a and a on Saturday, which I missed. But on oh. Sunday, he had a press conference for Okja. The, right. uh, the film going to be released Is on it Netflix. Is it a movie? Yeah, it's a movie. Okay. Uh, to be, I think it was already released on Netflix right. uh, today. And uh, it had him. He had the director. Uh, yeah. one of my so that's come, that came out today? Uh, yeah, or yesterday, I'm not sure. All right, we'll, we'll have to watch we'll, that after this. Yeah, it looks really good. And, I thought um, it was a series going by the um, the press photos I saw. It was just him and a bunch of people sitting around a room. It didn't look like they'd spent a lot of money on it. I was like, oh, it could be a cool ongoing, you know, geeky show because he just looked like some kind of like internet. But the director, Bong Joon-ho of, you know, Snowpiercer, yeah. Monster. They're doing a Snowpiercer series as well. Really? yeah. That's I've cool. seen that talked about, so I'm looking forward to that. There's a lot. That's where it's all happening now. Video on demand. Yeah. Um, the only problem is the really big shows you can't get on Netflix in Australia. My friend's got a VPN and he accidentally forgets to turn it off when he turns on Netflix, and so it shows all the American content, and then he can't watch it. He's like, oh crap, because he's got some. Big, it can tell that there's some kind of VPN type situation, so it doesn't let him watch them. But it's frustrating to see. Um, but that's kind of one of the prices we pay for living um, down under. Stuff costs more and we don't get as much of well, it. Well, speaking about costing more, Australia releasing the Netflix tax, effective July 1. Oh, that's right. Oh, my God. When's that kick in for the members? Like, obviously, they're just going to yeah. roll it out in the next month or two. Yeah, yeah. They're going to have to raise prices because, obviously, true. Netflix isn't going to just eat it. No. You know, they're going to pass that on for sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's another example of... I'm sure even if Labor was in power, they would have done something similar. I don't think it's um, necessarily a symptom of either party. It's more just the mindset that politicians here have. That they're so old world, and they're like, well, we're losing money, so let's just start taxing this. It's, it's um, funny. They're trying yeah, to police the internet. It's very but, short-sighted. Um, you know, they tried to ban uh, kick-ass torrents, Pirate Bay... And yet there's like so many easy workarounds to get it. Like, and VPN is just one method. And Yeah, I mean, like that's like a, easy, a sledgehammer approach. If you've yeah. got a bit of money, because I think it's like 20 bucks a year or something. Yeah. But there's so many other ways to do it for free. If you just spend five minutes on Google, bam, you're in. So, yeah, and I think there was that one case where a guy got taken to court by the um, movie studios or something, and then he managed to get off, so... Right. Well, did he actually? <laughs> I should probably do some research. Uh, I, I didn't realize we'd be talking we're about off this. Off to a bad start, so, ladies and gentlemen. But that's you know that's okay. But but essentially, it, it's a new yeah. world, and uh, they're going to have to. I don't know if it's going to be uh, as cheap as it is forever. Yeah. Um, you know, All right. Let's let's go back from torrents and pirating Australian government to uh, back to uh, supernova. I mean, Sydney, there's always drama, but apparently um, there was one uh, feisty bit of news that was spreading around the interwebs, and Patrick, do you know anything about that? Um, well, yeah, I mean, the big thing leading up to it, um, which a lot of people like to lay blame at uh, Supernova's feet, was obviously the prices of Thor, which we talked about, um, and every year it seems to be, I don't know what it is, but Sydney, Supernova, always seems to attract some kind of... Um, crowd of you could say haters or you could say legitimate um complaints but yeah this year that didn't happen so much i mean there's a lot of it was pretty clean until we got to i think it was like two or three days after the event when a photo was posted of a and it, you know it's arguable whether that should have been done but a man's face was plastered all over a few groups um <laughs> i might have had something to do with sharing some of that but again that's just it was a moment spare the moment kind of reaction like he did what so basically this guy was walking around and taking photos with girls like little selfies or whatever i'm um, getting i i'm not sure like i know i know i didn't see the guy um you know he's wearing a bulldog's jersey not that it's you know anything to do with them but basically that was identifiably you know not part of the crowd not part of the um usual sort of punters that turn up um, and essentially he was harassing different girls, you know, leaning in, going for kisses, saying objectionable things, um, all the usual sort of late night drunk Creep, shenanigans yeah. that you would get, you know, creepy stuff like that. You might get in a nightclub um, where you'd cop a slap in the face, but this was in a large, like family friendly, well lit um, convention hall in the middle of the day. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's no good. But the problem was uh, none of the victims that he, you know, assaulted. I mean, it sounds like a strong language to use, but, yeah, it's a sexual assault, essentially. If you're mm. physically touching someone that doesn't want to be touched or hasn't given consent to be touched and, you know, being suggestive verbally, then, yeah, that's, you know, that fits the definition. Um, it might be on the, as a judge would say, the milder end of the... Um, but that doesn't, you know, that minimises the uh, emotional trauma for the victim. I mean, it's still, uh, for some people, pretty traumatic. So, you know, no good, bad, don't do that. But, uh, yeah, as Supernova um, responded, I wrote a small article about it on the website that I help out with sometimes, uh, Beyond Cosplay. Um, writing's hard, that's why we're doing this. But I'll still be writing for them as much as I can. And, uh, yeah, essentially I sent a few questions out to Supernova and, um, Daniel himself replied as the director, Zachariah, someone's got to tell me how to pronounce his last name, but, uh, essentially he said, look, yeah, we heard about that, but, um, no one told us at the time, so we couldn't do anything and people really need to report it when it happens. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, obviously, but, um, again, you can't victim blame too much. The guy could have slipped in the crowd pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, we, you can't emphasize that enough. If you, if there's some way to, um, you know, get someone's attention at the time to get him called out and removed, then yeah, please try and do that. But yeah, that was the only thing. And you can't really lay that at anyone's feet other than the guy himself. Um, so hopefully, you know, for what it's worth, for whatever, um, complications and issues there are with showing his photo, which was removed, I think within an hour or two, like the the father of one of the girls that was um, assaulted was the one who posted it. And as soon as someone said, hey, they, maybe that's not a good idea, he removed it. Um, I think most people got a good idea of who he was, or at least what he looks like. And um, hopefully he won't sort of show his face again at a similar event or try anything like that. You know, usually like there was an event at Smash, not an event, a, an incident at Smash, I think it was two years ago, where a videographer was um, doing you know, little interviews with girls and at the end he would do the whole like, can I get a kiss on the cheek? And when they would turn to kiss him on the cheek, he would turn to kiss them on the lips, lips. which, you know, ended up with the police at his door and he had to not only delete it from the internet, but also make a huge apology and all that sort of thing. And he hasn't been seen since. So, you know, good job. Public shaming works. And uh, side note, this apology wasn't sincere. It felt no. forced because he had to do it. Rec- I mean, it f- he... recommended by a lawyer He or doubled something. down initially and was like, no, it's for artistic freedom. And so there was about a week first of him just yeah. carrying on and then like doing it Trump style. And then eventually he right. buckled. Okay. All right. Anyway, let's get that heavy load out of the yeah, way. Yeah. I mean, that was the only real like intense drama that sort of you could say happened. But it was... You know, pretty clear cut. There wasn't anything um, ambiguous about it. It was like, yeah, guy did a bad thing. Everyone can get on board mm. with that. Whereas the other years, it's been more split. You know, there's been two yeah. camps. And I've had friendships kind of crumble based on the side that I fell on, which is kind of sad. But Yeah, let's, uh, um, yeah that was the whole Game Gate thing. For but, another time, ladies and gentlemen. That's a bag of I've got my own personal stories, but no, nah, yeah. not today. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. All right. So enough about that supernova. I mean, they, they did expand. Uh, That's right. They, they have to, a bigger another, artist alley now. Yeah, biggest artist alley. Um, yeah. However, I've heard people from the artist alley saying that they've lost profit or All because right. there was no direction to... Yeah, there was lack the of signage. Hall. I did yeah. see a few people comment on that, including um, one who will not be returning to um, supernova. That's um, a real shame. Yeah. 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 Demon Kitty. That was her. Right. And... Um, I mean, it's always it's always competitive space, the artist alley, but you got to support the artists. And uh, it, it, I remember back in the day, I mean, last year it was all cramped in the one hall, but then because I've been a supernova for so many years, it's systematically I know where the artist alley is. But then for this new shift, um, I don't go there as much because it's such a drastic change. Even if the venue change was only a couple of hundred meters, but there was definitely less people walking around artist alley for mm. sure compared to the main hall. Um, yeah, well, the dome feels like a fancy... It's got that beautiful artwork. I mean, the, the architecture, and it's got... Uh, it's, more, it's better lit. It's, is it carpeted? In sections, there's rugs and stuff. It just feels more yeah. fancy. Yeah. Is this lack of a better word. Like if, Whereas if, if you go into Artist Alley section, it's basically just a giant warehouse. 
right. with a bunch of cheap tables. So it feels more like an underground grassroots mm. type event, but just a lot more tables than you would get at a smaller, you know, convention. But you know, it's, I still, for me, I look past that stuff and I look at the actual, I'm straight into the stalls and looking at the artwork and, yeah. you know, so, it, you know, for me, that's a very minor niggle and there's not much Supernova themselves can do about that other than maybe put more signs right. telling where people where it is. Now, a lot of artists advertise their work through Facebook and other social media. Now, the same goes with cosplay. And uh, this is an interesting point. Uh, does cosplay wither without Facebook? All right, see, we didn't really seg into that at all. It was just, let's completely change direction. I am sorry. So, no, no, we have, I wrote down some questions because I was okay. like, this is our first podcast. We better have something to talk about. But basically, yeah, um, I wrote something like, does cosplay wither and die without Facebook? Um, and then there was two other ones. So we'll see how we go. But I think, yeah, I, I don't know where that came from, but I was sitting on the couch and I was like, yeah, I mean... I just went on uh, Reddit the other day. I'm a bit of a fan. Um, and there was a guy who posted an amazing photo of himself as uh, Arkham Knight. And I was like, dude, watch your Facebook page because I have to share this. He's like, oh, this. And I went to his page and I'm like, I already like it. Um, but it just didn't appear in my newsfeed for some reason because it's so crowded. And I don't know how Facebook organizes it. But essentially, I think I see more of the stuff that I'd rather not than the stuff I do want to. So, yeah. Um, Anyway, so I shared it and now it's going viral. And it's like, um, you know, there is other things out there. There's forums like RPF, um, you know, to a degree, Instagram and Twitter have their uses. But I don't think anything has, you know, really got pe pulled people together and got the word out about whatever's happening in the world, whether it's geeked, cosplay, or anything like that, as much as Facebook's been able to. Like, we've got this group, Cosplay in Action, been running that, I think it's only five years now. Um, you know, it's got nearly 9,000... No, it's over 9,000. Over 9,000! Um, wow. Members. I think there's only about 50 that actually post, you know, on a regular basis. But Vegeta. hey, it's all about numbers. Um, but okay. yeah, you know, it's still like... Uh, you know, we used to have more regular, like, hangouts and stuff. And that would only happen with Facebook. Without Facebook, it would have just been like a post on you know, Gumtree or something. Yeah, know, so. I, I'd like to make that point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I entered the cosplay community in 2014 and then uh, after I met people at Free Comic Book Day, uh, some guy named Patrick added me on Facebook. I'm like, who is this guy? Huh. So I, I said, accept. And then he invited me to this uh, cosplay barbecue, which was in fact uh, on behalf of Beyond Cosplay. And without that very first initial barbecue, I would never have met the amount of people uh, today, or I would know, I would still yeah. be a loner in, in my room looking at PG-rated material. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think Facebook is definitely a strong platform to share events. Uh, I think it's. I think Instagram is is more of a. It's picture worthy. I mean, it definitely gets more likes. Uh, uh, there's a lot of Instagram models, uh, and air yeah, quotes. <laughs> yeah. And they have their, like, that's how they get sponsorship and stuff. I mean, Facebook, it's, it's hard to get revenue because the only way to get revenue is through ads. And when you watch a video now, uh, you get ads played. I really don't like the new video format. That's and very annoying. And it seems annoying. to be like 90% of the videos, it pops up and you've got this weird half cut off ad underneath the video. Um, it's just, I don't know who put that together, but it's just really nasty looking. Yeah. Um, and I, I haven't brought it up with anyone, but I'm like, why are half my videos... That I'm seeing on there, just these clunky, you know, crappy looking, like it just fills the screen and then you can kind of see half of an ad and it's like, it's all bad. It's all bad. So yeah, but they're trying to monetize it, I guess, somehow they've got shareholders, but you know, we've had it for free for so long, so we can't really complain too much. But. And, and I feel like um, Instagram shows like the final result of one's cosplay or like a highlight on an event, whereas Facebook might show more of the progress. Yeah. images or more like forum related questions that you can ask whereas Instagram is just all pictures and you rarely get uh, more comments because Facebook has definitely more comments when they show a video from say BuzzFeed or Al Jazeera there's like a ton of comments oh my compared God. to yeah. Instagram because yeah. uh, they're, they're different platforms serving mm. different purposes um, but will it, will it die? I yeah I, I think get less traction for sure yeah that's my I mean it sounds it's sort of, sort of a a statement you would put out there maybe for a debate and if we're that's something i wouldn't mind looking at one day is maybe putting together a little debate podcast but essentially it's it's pretty hard to argue against like without it it would you would just have the diehards that turn up 
for the cons. Yeah. Um, and there'd be no sort of in-between stuff. But it, yeah, I mean, the cons are a big part of it. Without them, there wouldn't be... There's a lot of factors that go into it. You know, you need the artwork first to inspire people to have something to dress up as. And then you need the conventions for people to gather at to actually hang out and do the social side of it. But then in-between those things, the, you know, um, the ties that bind... The, the tree that pulls them all together, I think. I love Facebook really has a lot to answer for. Yeah. In a positive or negative way. And so. a lot of these cosplayers on their business cards, they do mention Facebook as like their top, you know, they don't have like a, I don't know if cosplayers have a LinkedIn, <laughs> but it's mainly no, Instagram, yeah. Facebook. Well, it was weird though. There was one that people were asking me about because I posted a photo randomly out of all the art stores I went to in Artist Alley. There was one where I took a couple of shots of the artwork. Um, because it just really popped for me, and it was like, oh my god, that is just so cute. It was like these superhero women, um, and they just had that real fifties uh, pinup look to it, a yeah. bit like the retro DC thing that they were doing. Yeah. Um, but more chubby and like just cute somehow. I'll have to post a link under this eventually. But yeah, that's the thing. People were like, who is this guy? And I was like, oh okay, I'll have a look. I didn't grab the card, so I went back the next day, got a card, took a photo. Um, that's how lazy I was. I just take a photo of the business card and posted that underneath the uh, the link, the you know the photo of the artwork that I had on the Beyond Cosplay Facebook page. Yeah. And uh, you know, eventually I got back to a PC and, and put an actual link in, but there was no Facebook page. He just she just had a um, a website, and uh, I think there might have been like a Twitter or something like that, but it was essentially just a website. But uh, yeah, so that that was sort of it's so common that when someone doesn't have it it's like what's going on here so um yeah it's it's pretty much an integral part of the whole scene so that's yeah it's hard to talk about anything um geek or cosplay related without facebook kind of like you know being you know when you're talking about connecting people that's really yeah. always going to be a part of it absolutely um well, uh, yeah, I mean, c cosplay ha has gone so far from, say, the early 2000s, late 90s to, to now with how everyone is getting so much exposure through social media, whereas back in the day, you would never get a job in social media, although social media coordinator would not exist. Yeah, right? you have these people, that's their, their that's role. That's their entire job. Yeah. Um, and that was the other thing this year, that if there was any kind of drama with Supernova, um, it was with the media not getting passes. Um, and it sounds like it's hard to talk about that without being coming across as kind of like a whiny, where's my past, man? I've been getting them all the time, you know. But because that's something I've always been shocked at getting. Like the first year we applied for one, they were just like, yeah, here. And I was like, oh, my God, we're legit. You know, for me, it, it sort of meant so much. And then to come back every year and still kind of qualify or whatever in their eyes for a media pass, it really meant a lot. Um and then for them to kind of not just not get one, but not even respond with, yeah, sorry, no, it's not happening. Um, that was a little like, oh, okay, all right, we'll buy them. Now That's back, fine. Yeah, back in the but, day, um, people had media passes uh, and they weren't a, qualified, I guess. Was, you know, they weren't as forthcoming as, say, I think EB Games was giving them out to everyone, like anyone that applied, basically. And then last year in Sydney, they were like, yeah, hang on. It was a bit, they had to screw down the hatches a little bit. Um, batten the hatches anyway so it was getting ridiculous so they were like okay. and even for us they only gave us one day and then this year they went to brisbane so um that's fine that's i mean i yeah again i don't want to be like it's definitely a privilege and not a right but the fact that so many people and i heard this across the grapevine and weirdly i'm not in touch with that many other media it's like amateur blogger type people um but because that happened it seemed to bring there's the mind of the clink and there was, I've still got to read, she just posted a, uh, it went live last night, um, apparently, and she was writing an article on this subject and other aspects of Supernova. And um, I'm going to check my phone right now to find the name of it. Um, but essentially, so in, yeah. Yeah, so in the meantime, uh, Pat mentioned From the Mind of Clink, which is an amazing group of uh, media enthusiasts, videographers, photographers, and they go to cons each year as well uh, from all around Australia to deliver amazing, rich content for you guys. And they have a YouTube channel as well uh, from the Mind of Clink. Um, and their video basically covers interviews, cos cosplay, 
just a, a recap of the event, whether it's worth going. And I've got to be honest, out of, out of all the people who've applied for media passes or, or the content that I see that produce from the mind of Clink at a technical level is, is one of the highest I've ever seen. It's not just like a guys with like a vlog camera or a GoPro just filming some random low tier shit. Um, low tier, hmm. yes, That's a bit which I have seen. Uh, these guys have the steady cams, the, the Canon C three hundreds, all the high tech gear, and they deliver as well. Um, and it's all all done out of the sheer passion. They don't get paid for it. It's purely on a volunteer basis, and I applaud them for that. In fact, they approached me last year. They like, "Hey, Vin, do you want to?" come over and work for us. I'm like, you know, I'd be glad to, but sadly my allegiance is currently to Beyond Cosplay. <laughs> but if, if Beyond Cosplay... Really? Yes. I didn't know that. But if they're not offering anything, then I will gladly switch because I'm a trader. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a backstabbing well, trader. You actually ended up with... Uh, was it, was the hero. A- action reaction. Action reaction. They're good guys. I know that I had yeah. no... no um, no. issues with that like go for it, man. Yeah, like, I was lucky to get in under a stall holder as a volunteer type guy. So that was... Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, Sir Patrick, have you found the article yet? Yes, I was just looking at it. Um, it's on a website called. Uh, oh God, and I keep. Um, oh no, Cliff can't come. Sorry, I should not really check Facebook while podcasting. Um, but yeah, just a friend that was going to come on Sunday because we've got our own mini convention um, called Collectomania. Uh, someone I thought would. He always turns up. Is not going to. Cliff Dorian, good man. Um, so that's what really makes it. I mean, you talk about the platforms and the, you know, social media, but it's essentially it's, yeah, you need that connectivity, but without the people as, you know, the kind-hearted people that turn up every single time to these smaller grassroots events, then, um, yeah, there's nothing going on. So it's, yeah, it's always a combination. I was just looking at the article, where'd it go? What the hell? I'll go back to the messenger. But yeah, it's called geekdad.com. Um, and I'd just, I've kind of embarrassed that I've never heard of it before, but she's local and um, she's a mum. There's a geek mum as well. And she uh, writes articles about conventions and she's been accredited at DragonCon and travels overseas. And she mentioned actually um, that there was a staffer for DC Comics. Their social media person did not get a media pass. So it wasn't wow. just, um, you know, it wasn't just lame so, ducks like us. It was, you know, legit people. That were, so, you know, I mean, I did say ABC in there and I think Sunrise. So you basically seem to need to have you know, your own TV station or like a major newspaper. <laughs> That's a small benefit, new, Patrick. The new bar, which again, I can't, I don't want to sound, you know, like someone grateful. It's more that they never responded. And then at the last minute, like the mind of the Clint guys had to kind of, just guess that I guess I suppose we'll have to buy them, and then they ran into the problem of not being able to bring in uh, tripods, tripods and, and heavy equipment, mics and stuff like which you can understand. Like the answer I got from Supernova was that, you know, they're trying to minimise any uh, obstructions for guests and mm. all that sort of thing. But the fact that they were on the door being asked the reach, and if they qualified, like if their reach was high enough, then they would have been allowed in with the same gear. So yes. there's it's in, contingent on. Yeah, if you don't have enough subscribers to your YouTube channel, yeah. then you can't bring in a tripod. That's if you've got X number, then you can bring go nuts, bring in a half a van. That's double standard. So if they were like, bit, if they were mm. Channel Seven News, no doubt they'll oh, yeah, be go allowed nuts. in. Um, but at the same time, because they've expanded to two areas, uh, there's more like leeway, and there's more room. Because I, I, I didn't feel, um, you didn't feel congested or suffocating compared to last year. Last year, I was in a cardboard X-Wing and I was bumping everywhere. Nowadays, it, it was much more freeing, good flow, and I didn't bump into anybody. And as an introvert, that's a big yay for me. Mm. So, All right. Yeah, yeah. It's always hard dealing with um, inadvertent uh, body checks. Yeah. But yeah, no, so, I found the article. It's called yeah. Supernova, The Sometimes Toxic Culture of Conventions. So she's putting it straight out in Front Street here because then the next subheading is Supernova Sydney, Not a Safe Space. So, wow, she's really um, not pulling any punches there. And I'm tempted to just read it because um, it looks pretty interesting. Yeah, go right I recently ahead. attended Sydney Supernova, and while I'm pretty sure the following article is going to blacklist me from future Supernova events for the third year in a row, I'm in no hurry to return. Wow. So, just, again, I, I like to think that I can, uh, 
be as honest as unflinching as a journalist as I can, but she's really just going for broke. I love the event as a collective expression of fandom and fascination, but it is marred by the underlying culture behind the scenes. I love geeky conventions. I love the cosplay, the enthusiasm, the encouragement. It's about local talent putting themselves out there to catch the eye of the general public. She's right on. I mean, she's nailing it. I can't disagree with any of this. Uh, I wish I could write this well. It's a rare opportunity for out-of-reach stars to be brought to adoring fans and share a little of their humanity. It's a fantastic way to introduce our spawnlings, hey, that's children, uh, to the creativity behind everything they adore themselves, from writers to artists and actors. And I'm grateful for the organisers in providing all of this in a convention like Supernova. You know, she's leading up to a... She's going to bury him soon. It's like, you know, it's, what do they call that, a compliment sandwich? But we'll see. I don't think it's going to be compliment... Maybe you could improve this, then compliment. I think it's just going to be a shit show from here on. It's, uh, back, back, um, so back I'll, I'll slip over some stuff and then go, yep, yeah, for the last three years, they've instead courted controversy like a bad dance partner. They either can't ditch or don't want to. Strike one, 2015 at Adam Baldwin. See, I touched on this before. In the midst of Gamergate, they invited Adam Baldwin as a guest to compliment Nathan Fillion and attract some fireflies to the convention. Hey, which worked I was there in the Makes Q&A sense. it was amazing yeah. it was a good time Yeah, and I was a bit like what's Gamergate who cares Just and all these people were boycotting it and you know I didn't get it but yeah considering Baldwin's direct involvement in the horrible environment of Gamergate Gamergate it was understandable for many regular attendees and returning guests to voice their concerns so yeah she's definitely siding with the uh, the people that you know, I've talked to her and she knew people personally that um, were doxxed and uh, what's the word? Trolled. <laughs> That's a new thing. Are people doing that? I don't know what that is. Um, so, yeah. Whereas I was all at the time kind of like dismissive and like, oh, nothing's, because I know nothing's going to happen in real life. I'm a bit more like, yeah. But yeah, for some people, getting threatened online is actually a big deal. And that should not be uh, dismissed. At the time, Supernova Management acknowledged but rejected these concerns. Instead, they placed Cosplayers Not Consent signs as the deterrent for any bad behavior. There was no acknowledgement of Gamergate as an immediate social issue. In fact, the whole issue was felt by many as being palmed off with a desperate air of nonchalance. This prompted an outspoken boycott from a number of Australian artists, writers, businesses and cosplayers, especially after the backlash received for voicing their concerns. Strike one for social insensitivity. Yeah. Last year's Supernova head honcho Daniel Zachariah was publicly linked to a petition against the Australia Safe School Program that supports bullying and uh, educates people on transgender issues within public schools. He was afraid of the influence from um, the LBGTQIA community. That acronym is just getting longer every year. Yeah, they're going to add another. That's, that's an alphabet, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know. They're going to have to rationalise it at some point. But yeah. inclusivity, man. Anyway, once again, the geek community questioned the culture endorsed by the management. Uh, They responded with a half-assed attempt at a diversity panel, um, which you can read all about, and she has a review from last year. Once again, it was relegated to don't talk about it folder. Word on the floor was consistent. No one was happy with the culture or vibe, but no one really knew what else they could do. The list of boycotts grew. However, Supernova is one of the biggest conventions in Sydney, for cosplayers and smaller local artists. You don't want to willingly blacklist yourself from these events, especially if you're trying to break into the industry as a first-time creator. Strike two for social insensitivity and a lack of enthusiasm to follow through with your claims to change. So she's saying that the whole diversity panel was a token gesture and that they basically ignored any genuine concerns. Um, My only personal brush with that was actually Supernova volunteer telling me that, and I won't name names, to protect her identity, but also because I forget her name. So that uh, is probably a good thing. That but essentially she um, was thinking about uh, getting married at Supernova, like having one of those little cute ceremonies that they do. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, yeah, why not? But no, Daniel Zachariah was all against it because it was not in a sacred place like a church. Um, so that wasn't happening. So I think she was talking about shifting it to Oz Comic Con. Mm. Um, yeah, so, you know, I've butted heads with that personally, in internally. Like, I haven't butted heads with it directly. Like, it hasn't affected 
anything I do. Like, I'll just turn up and do the thing. Right. But I understand why people would be a little bit like, oh. But for me, it's always going to be bigger than just him or yeah. management. It's about the people that turn up yeah. and the rest of it. So as long as people are turning up in costume, I'll be there. But yeah, I get that there's always going to be disagreements. Um, and he's in charge. So yeah, that isn't nothing. Um, so strike three, now it's personal. She goes on. This year I was hesitant to go after the hassle and interrogation for a media pass last year. I was reluctant to jump through hoops again. It was only after contact with returning exhibitors I decided to apply for the media pass. The exhibitors I spoke with in the lead-up expressed concerns about management, predominantly about the changed floor plan, moving Artist Alley into a second building, and the same social issues hanging over from previous years. When the floor plan was initially released, the first reaction was, yay, more space. However, it was soon realized that this would negatively impact on their participation. Some perceived a direct impact on the flow of traffic, from the special guests and displays to their stores. They were worried they would be too far removed from the main attractions, that's what you were saying yeah. before, and not be able to compete for attention with the big-name businesses in the main area. They were definitely charging a lot more. I think it was um, over a 1000 for depending on the size of your store wow. in the main area. And then the store I was with, um, he only paid a few hundred, and he made his money back by Saturday morning. That was Artist Alley, so, though, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he had some... But the main exhibitors... Yeah, they were paying grand. a fair bit. Wow. But apparently cheaper than Oz Comic Con. Oh. So, hey. Yeah. On the weekend, the vibe was far from enthusiastic. Many patrons had trouble finding Artist Alley. The second building was set up with a stage at one end, sectioned off with a partition before exiting to Artist Alley, and the Star Wars 501st display. In theory, attendees would finish a panel and then exit to the comic book creators and onto the artists. In practice... The attendees easily exited out the same door for entry and were redirected back to huge commercial entities and away from small local artists. Um, See, there's a Twitter screen cap here from someone named Kirk Beatty. The terrible organising of Supernova Expo uh, in Sydney never ceases to amazing me. Um, What's the thing you say? Sick? When when there's something wrong with the... Like a typo... And you just read it as it's written. That's not me typoing. That's the tweet. Okay. Um, never ceases to amazing me. That's kind of <laughs> cute. The rude volunteers are an awesome touch too. Hashtag supernova. So definitely a disgruntled storeholder there. From a sales point of view, I know one table who usually averages 2000 on a Saturday. This year made only 700 wow. That covers costs only. Another in the writer's alley was placed next to the stage area, but around the corner... He couldn't hear what his fans were saying most of the time. He felt completely disconnected and shoved in a corner. He was one of many who felt like it was considered of less value because it wasn't a huge commercial entity, despite being an invited guest. Yeah, the the comic the major comic book artists, um, it was hard to find. I thought mm. I know they're typically part of the artist alley, but I kind of got lost. I, I thought they were relegated to some corner that was so obscure and uh, same thing with the star wars section as well there were definitely less participants in the star wars section um and that is due in part to that being in the second building yeah they normally are in the big dome that the second building uh, i can like for sure verify that there was less people throughout the weekend compared to the main dome and Mm. i mean yes it's more space it's less crowded but at the same time it, it's it's suffocating for the artists to, to lose that much amount of money and then some yeah. are barely coming across because for one tiny table mm. and, and especially for three days, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough work because you're competing with other artists as well and, and your self-worth and value is just yeah. kind of uh, decreased and exponentially gone down, which is yeah. unfortunate, really. And apparently the dome was smaller than it usually is. Normally there's a whole space behind it that they use. Yeah. For the comic, uh, I mean, the, the, the cosplay comp and all that sort of stuff. And they didn't right. use that at all. No. Um, they just pushed it over to the Hall 6 and 5, I believe, is where the, what we're talking about now with that extra space. But yeah. yeah, there was a bit of a no man's land, especially on Sunday when that was freezing. There was a really strong wind that was knocking down bits and pieces and bins and things. Even in, it would come in through into that Hall 5. Like if you're anywhere near these huge cavernous, it's like an aircraft hangar. Almost, and like the wind was just tearing stuff down. But yeah. Yeah, so yeah, they could have improved things a little bit there, so hopefully they take that on board. Um, but we'll go back to... She's wrapping up now with her own experience. 
Pre-convention, when I rang to discuss interview requests, I was reprimanded for not following the email and for disturbing him prior to the event. She's talking about Lionel, who's... Uh, I can't remember his last name. What's but basically, his he's the media um, coordinator. coordinator. Yeah. yeah. Um, we got in trouble with him for trying to arrange an interview with a writer. Um, no, and an actor as well. Oh. So it, this is at Brisbane Supernova, one of our other yeah. correspondents. Yeah. wanted to talk to... Um, he writes Australian novels, Matthew. Matthew Riley. That's it, Matthew Riley. Yeah, so he'd set up because he know he also writes himself. Obviously, not at that level, but was like um, in touch with him through a publisher, and Matthew Riley had been happy to speak to him. But yeah, because he didn't go through the right channels, there was a bit of uh, friction. Um, which yeah, I, I and we thought maybe that kind of kind of played into why we didn't get one this year. Um, plus, my early leaking of the Thor announcement. The night before, there was a bit of confusion there because uh, I'd been told that, yeah, it was fine, but then I'd not read the fine print or misunderstood, and apparently I had to just hint at it. But, yeah, I mean, it, the video had been released in a few places, and then I discovered yeah. other articles. Um, I've got to say, though, that was the most like, liked posts in a while. For yeah, I mean, that went, that went pretty, it, pretty viral. It's good times. Wow, just wow. Because this is fun. This is my world, and I'm seeing someone write about it who I've never heard of um so it's interesting seeing it from a different angle but yeah um despite his email saying to call him and giving me his direct number with no suggestions of best time i'd presume normal business hours a few days before the event was ideal instead i was treated with contempt and then he hung up on me yeah arrival picking up the media pass on site was smooth and uneventful oh she actually got one however there was no further information provided regarding rules of the day who to speak to interviews to arrange etc no, they've never done that with us. You just get the pass and go for gold. We attended only one day, as per the allowance last year. Oh, they only got one day. And then found out we should have been there all weekend. It is helpful for us to do our job if we can be advised of any updates or additional information. Yeah, well, yeah, they're not super great at communication. Interviews, I called the media contact, as requested, only to be brushed off and told he would call me back. After an hour... I was told he was busy organising the real media and would get back to me. Air quotes. When he attempted to, yeah, hang up on me again, he missed the big red button and continued to talk to whoever it was with him. His mistake, mistake because I heard, heard him say some little girl from some little site. Wow. Just, wow. I'll admit, I was stunned. Clearly I wasn't scoring that interview with Tamura Morrison after all. Shame. He at least sounds like a lovely guy. And he really did. That's the guy who played... um. Bo- Boba Fett. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was at the Star Wars uh, Guinness yeah, yeah. World Records. With Boba Fett's dad, actually. Yeah. So, you know, before the Star Wars nice people guy. trying to kill me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah, hung very out friendly. and just, like, helped him draw um, raffle tickets and everything. The second strike related to a social issue within our immediate community. It was easy to say at least he apologised and they did try to make the effort with a panel. Um, I don't know what she's talking about there. The second strike kind of goes off like it, tra- it trails off and we're left to guess what that is. The third strike is personal but also emblematic of overall behaviour. If he's saying this about me, how is he treating others? I've since received a few more recounts. A number of photographers refused entry with their kit. Um, one representative was asked why. No, he asked why and received a derogatory glance up and down her body. Infuriated, this source then fired back, oh, is it because I'm female or is it because you know I'm gay? To which she received the reply, does it matter? Uh, Okay, so yeah. That's cold. I keep hearing a few different things with whoever the person was in charge of, um, whoever the gatekeeper was, was definitely rubbing a few people the wrong way. Um, Yeah, and then she talks a lot about why she goes to those events and... um, making a comment, some little girl, is not just an insult to me, but it also brings into question whether this is how the con organisers see all writers who review these events. It makes it sound like only those who are mates with the PR manager can gain access to the inner sanctum. It gives me the impression I missed something in all of their professional questions on the webpage. Some other performing monkey task I needed to complete? She's pissed. She's not uh, pulling punches again. Um, a secret handshake, perhaps. I know many writers, both Australian and international, who will resent this implication. It 
It's not just sexist, it is downright insulting to our professionalism and our relationship with our readers. I know many PR people who are going to be livid about the negative impact on their profession. There are many hard-working PR staff who are in contact with all levels of media to find out how to best meet your interests. They communicate, they research, they respond, because that's their jobs, and they are professional and respectful. This guy just crapped all over, over all of that. Wow. So that's, uh, so, you know, it goes on, so I recommend reading that. Um, she ends with three strikes, I'm out of there. Um, so I don't think I'll run into her at the next one, but hopefully I'll see her this Sunday. And yeah, it sounds like she's very disgruntled, and mm. I think I would echo on her points. Um, uh, not, not a lot of people uh, got media passes, passes unless you were, A, owned a TV station, or two, had a million views on YouTube, because uh, these guys would, would count on subscriber count, the view count. Um, but, but I think that kind of defeats the purpose, because if you, say, gave media passes to these small or say uh, boutique blogs yep. and channels and stuff. Collectively, when they produce content, you'll get a lot more shares and a lot more views uh, to to the people in, in because they'll reach those niche audiences, right? Because as a fan of say from the mind of Clink, I always see their content, and if they recommend something, then I'll tell my friends about it, and then they'll spread it like wildfire. So it's not just subscriber account alone; it's about who you reach. Basically, yeah, and you do have yeah. to draw a line somewhere. I mean, the, th- the point I was making before TB Games, I knew someone who had no, he just started a YouTube channel, he had no videos on it, he literally just had an empty space that he wanted to fill, and he wasn't super bright. Like, I, I feel terrible saying that, but I mean, he was well known as um, someone that just turned up and kind of got in people's faces a lot, and he got a media pass for EB Games, and that a lot of people were like, what? That made a lot of people. Uh, a little bit um, upset considering the prices they were charging for tickets. So it's got to be fair. Mm. Like, I mean, you ch- they were charging, I think, $40 or something yeah. for a few hours. So when, when you get a media pass, you're expected to produce content, yeah. a worthwhile content. Yeah. It's not just, you know, one paragraph or two paragraphs. It's just written work, video work, and that that's well produced. I mean, there are some people who kind of abuse the media passes a little bit, do their own little thing. Hmm. But if it's if you are given something, you're basically getting a free ticket, but you have to give something in return. And so when I had an exhibitor pass for Action Reaction Entertainment, amazing stunt work people, by the way, you should check them out. Um, I had to deliver. I had to film their performances. I had to capture all their work throughout the day. And so that, that is, that's, I'm not, it's not like a scot-free pass for me. I mean, it's nice, but, you know, it, it's give and take, basically. So if you're given a media pass, produce content. Because um, it's those ticket prices, man, they're, they're pretty pricey. And I remember EB Expo, as you said, it was like $40 for half day, not yeah, full day. No. And uh, Supernova, and every year that the prices are rising up due to, you know, inflation and all that. And and don't get me started on the photo tokens and then the food and travel. And the eight, $800. And it was an $800 VIP pass, which didn't include... Chris, Chris Hemsworth, Hemsworth. yeah, see that that should have had that in the terms and conditions because if yeah. it included Chris Hemsworth, that's sick value. But yeah. um, yeah, alrighty. So we've we've had a massive rant on the super. Yeah, I didn't know, I didn't mean to um, um jump in there so much, know, but hey, it was a big subject, great, and great. I did want to talk more about this Sunday Collectomania. But yeah, all right. So let's wrap up, guys. Uh, well, first of all, whoever's still listening, um, I will shout <laughs> you popcorn chicken. If popcorn you, chicken yeah, yeah yummy if you see me anywhere Protein. in Bankstown <laughs> yep. or in Parramatta but uh, so uh, uh, Patrick you want to wrap this up yeah well, like I said Collectomania it's on this Sunday at Penrith Panthers there's a little uh, hall next door full of uh, toys and model a lot of model cars and trading cards um, but we're still going to at 1 o'clock there's been a cosplay competition with um, Carly Evie Dante's Carly Graham is no one's going to know her just by the first name yet she's a player but still up and coming um, and uh, Gen- Genzi Spartan Genzi I've always had trouble yeah. with that second part uh, of the name award winning cosplayer by yeah, the way she, she literally won, the won a Supernova yeah. Destin show yeah. so um, they'll be judging and hopefully get a few people turn up it's never massive um, but uh, yeah we've got to keep the grassroots stuff going I think without that um, you're just looking at those two or three big tent pole events yeah. and um, it's a little, you know, it's like having only like the two big 
summer blockbusters every year without some cool, interesting indie films popping yeah, up. You know, yeah. you want to um, spread it out a bit. Get to Denver, Newtown. Yeah, so, I don't know if anyone will listen to this before it's on, but you know, that's something we can talk about next week. See how it goes, and yeah. uh, so that's yeah, looking forward to that and um, building on this and being a bit more confident and smooth with the patter and having guests. So mm. looking forward to getting some friends over here and yeah. shooting the shit. Yeah, it's nice to get a, a perspective on things. And um, uh, First of all, I'm really glad that I'm working with Patrick on this podcast. I've never done a podcast in my life, but I think it's a great platform to, to rant and to you know s- spread your opinion about stuff. But uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, that ends Banana Split Episode 1. I'm Patrick Hamilton. I am Vin Ewan. Have a week. 